Mr. DJ, where are you? Mount Safet with DJ Choppers. Welcome back to Bounce Down with me, DJ Choppers, on the uh, back on the podcast this week. So yeah, really enjoyed last week's, which was a real good chat. And actually, this week I meant to say is a big one. It's another anniversary. It's episode one hundred seventy. So I don't know where like, the time's gone. It only seems like we turned three the other week. So. Yeah, yeah, it's mad where time's gone, but yeah, I hope you enjoyed the World Good Chat though last week and yeah, it could take a lot away from it because I thought we yeah. It was quite a positive show and we sort of talked about our mentality and stuff like that. Then what what's that growing up with a disability and how you you look look at it and how you live went through it really. Uh, I fight the obstacles and all that shenanigans so that was yeah good last week and I will be back with a real good chat with Sana uh, maybe February time February on March and then I am looking the guest for the DJ Chopper Show 13 which is the next one not this week is the instrument volume 2 so I did instruments a few years, not a few years ago. It's about 170 episodes ago. It's not crazy like that. We, we feature music from Liam Gallagher through to Jimi Hendrix and nothing in between, so that's what we did. There's one, now this is Instruments Volume 2. And there will be more of these shows because I've got a massive list. No songs that this format, so watch this space. But yeah, this week we've got music ranging from Mick Jagger through to like drummers like John Bonham from Led Zeppelin. So yeah, that's this week. So we're gonna start. If you didn't, if you didn't listen to the first one, we we did. Five songs from the vocals, five from the guitar, five from the basses, five from drums, and then a couple from random instruments like cowbell and stuff. And this time I've got an instrumental of quite a shade of pale. Like, King Curtis, one of the best sax, sax players in the world, so that was, that's a really good one. That's, that's actually my favourite song in the whole show, so... Yeah, that's all. 
that I've got to look forward to. Now, we're going to start with vocals. I'm going to play three of the, my favourite ones to start with. Now, we've got Anthony Kiedis from Red Hot Chili Peppers. Now, I'm going to play, by the way, this has got to be one of the most recognisable voices in modern rock history. Well, not only that, not one of the rec most recognisable bands. Anthony Kiedis has it all. He's got the stage present. He has one of the best frontmen around, and he's, he's very cool. Yeah, I love the way he can sing the nice slow songs. The heavier rocky songs and the very fast, the very fast high tempo songs, almost like an MC. And I think this song is a fine example of all of his talents. And then I've got Julian Casablancas from The Strokes. I'm going to play Juicebox by The Strokes. And. I feel like he's got one of the most unique voices because he sings with a lot of echo in his voice and the band's music. Might be complicated, he's at the same volume level to his voice. Which is pretty unique because usually the vocals are a couple of decibels rather than the music. But the strokes are more about the music because they leave Julian to concentrate on the vocals uh, as his voice is so pure. And then the band can match the music to his vocals. And that sounds really good. And you can still hear every single word. And then my favourite out of these three is Matt Bellamy. Now with Muse and I've got to play a song called Apocalypse Now. And he's a very talented guy, he's a multi-instrumentalist including guitar, drums, piano, and many others. Now, his voice is so powerful considering that music's music. It's like a wall of noise, and you can hear his voice over it all. And I also have massive respect for the way he puts so much power. And everything's hitting the extreme notes high and low. Which actually leads on to my next point about his vocal range. For me, it is next level. I just, I just about manage monotone, and he can hit the very high notes and the very low notes with ease, and he can switch between them. Not a second's notice. And uh, I always see music like rock opera. You can actually see them live, you can actually see why, but... Yeah, so I'll, I'll get these three on diet, and I've got a couple more vocalists. Some years gone by, so enjoy Quid Chili Peppers, The Strokes, and The Great Muse. Waiting for Danny the girl is singing 
could see me Everything was too easy Standing in the light field Standing in the light field Waiting for some actress Waiting for some actress To say, why won't you come over here?
that was the fantastic sounds of Muse there. Yeah, Pazuna by the Strokes and Red Hot Chili Peppers. Yeah, man, arguably three of the best rock artists in the last, the last 20 years, so yeah. yeah but now uh, we've got, we got a female vocalist, which is uh, Chrissy Hind from The Pretenders. I'm going to play the song I'll Stand By You and I think. Now he's a very underrated band actually, not that played that much, but this is a very good song and I think I've played Ross in Pocket by these before, but this, this is a really good one. And I think it really shows off the singing talents. And not only that, you can play the instruments as well, so that's even better. And then I've got the next up after that is Mick Jagger. With a song called Strange Game, which is a theme song to uh, a, a, a drama called Slow Horses. Which uh, has Gary Oldman in it. Well, yeah, it's a good. It's a really good song and it shows off his uh, vocal talents. Or, of course, he was out of the Rolling Stones. Now, well, one of the greatest rock and roll bands ever, so. Yeah. No, that means no more introduction than that. So, yeah, here is I'll Stand By You by The Pretenders, followed by Strange Game by the brilliant Mick Jagger. Don't know which path to choose 
that with his solo track Strange Game so that's a bit of a recommendation as well because that series Slow Horses on Apple TV is a really good series actually so yeah definitely give that a watch when you get a chance and now that brings the vocal section of the instruments volume 2 to a close now we're going to the guitar section now I've got another five guitarists here. And I think last time we had Jimi Hendrix, Mark Knopfler and stuff. By the time I've got probably not, a lot of people consider this guy one of the, the, the most important influential gu- guitarists of all time. And it's Eric Clapton who is ranked second in Rolling Stones list of the 100 greatest guitarists of all time and fourth in Gibson's top 50 guitarists of all time and he was also named number five in Time magazine's list of the top 10 best electric guitar players back in 2009 
Then Eros there with the band Queen. Now I'm going to play Sunshine of Your Love. And then I'm going to play I've got Johnny Moore up next. We got Easy Money, uh, Easy Money, which is a really good song. But here, of course, rose the theme in the band's The Smiths. And Emma and Bernard Sumner are the co songwriters. And uh, yeah, so that's what we got. And Easy Money is a bit of an insane song, like, so I think it said. That's my name on it. No, let's just say that's money, money, as in the money. And then next up, after that, we've got the Godfather, the Modfather, sorry. Which is Paul Weller and his song Peacock Suits. And he's known as the Modfather because of his influence on youth culture. In the 70s and 80s, and Paul Weller has revealed that he's still a devout follower of the lifestyle. Five decades on, the the thought the guy made was rose to theme with the jam. He was a frontman. He explained, "It's a faith in my mind, anyway. It's something to believe in." So, yeah, and it's a really good song. This one, actually, but I think. I'll make sure that Chris Jones is going to appreciate this one, so. Yeah. So, yeah, it's Eric Clapton, Johnny Marr, and Paul Weller.
fantastic sound on the mud file of Paul Weller out there. Yeah. Three really good tracks to start off the guitar section. Yeah, I think uh, Eric Cox has got to be our, our version of Jimi Hendrix. Then there are a lot of similarities in that, that Cream song. And then there we've got two female guitarists, which are two really good ones. Now, the first one is Joan Jett. Um, and Joan Jett has never claimed to be a lead guitarist. And never had a band without one. But the very effort, essence of punk guitar. Rhythm chords pounded out with agency and precision. Is embedded in her DNA. Quasi not credited as such. Often it's arguable that their guitar weight is just as influential as co runaway Lita Ford. But as always, Jet is too busy rocking to worry about. Accolades surrounding the best of our guitarists. You know, like I said, uh, uh, her first band was The Runaways. But I'm going to play a solo song. Joan Jett and the Blackhearts with Crimson and Clover. And then the next one is Joni Mitchell. And she's known for her extensive use of unorthodox tunings. Intricate finger-picking percussion slot and pedal points. Her affinity for open tunings is partly due to the childhood bout with polio that weakened her left hand, making it hard to play traditional chords. So, when life gave her lemons, she made lemonade and self-taught herself as a guitarist, and went ahead and developed a style like aspiring guitarists. And strive to emulate still. That's what they're in the song focus on. Their guitar, guitar skills and also their great voice. Oh yeah, these are two really good tracks. Well, here is Joni Mitchell, preceded by Joan Jett and the Blackhearts.
Sound of Journey Mitchell right there. Yeah, two two really good tracks. And yeah, two songs for that there. Feminist, that one, that really good. Yeah, yeah, that was definitely a good way to end the guitar section. And now we're heading to my favourite, my favourite section in a band, which is the bassists. So, yeah, I must have a few different ones. I think even. You think that Paul McCartney's uh, a bassist for you? But uh, the first one I've got is John McNeil, which is the bassist of Fleetwood Mac. John McNeil has mixed old school rock solidity and California smooth grounding. Grand the man sound for five, barely, barely even handed. Decades and Mick Reels got his start with one male and blue breakers in the mid 60s. And he transferred that bedrock drive to Fleetwood Mac, a man co named for him, forming an unshakable band with fellow band namesake Mick Fleetwood. In their John Heavy, Peter Green days. That carried over the high-flying Buckingham Knicks era. It's like Go Your Own Way and Rhiannon. And a subtle toughness that stood out amongst the bands. Way back, LA Pairs. You're a monster, John. Mick Reed exclaimed when. Listening to a playback of Mick V's Go Your Own Way. Um, riffs in the Cross Albums documentary about rumours 
that it's impossible to think of the chain without getting that iconic the bass break stuck in your head. I always tried to get in with the kick drum. Mick V once said, Mick Fleetwood knows where I'm going or know where he's going. You know, the song works, or well, hopefully it did anyway. Yeah, so when you listen to this, you have to keep your eye, your ear out for the bass, because I think research this podcast. Before I did it, when I researched it, I just, obviously, you got to focus on the instruments and it makes you, like, once you hear it, you can't unhear it, so. This bass in this song is really good, and I've gone. With Go Your Own Way by Fleetwood Mac. And then I'm going to play Marvin Gaye with What's Going On. And his bassist in his band was James Jameson. And he anchored the Motown rhythm section, expanding the possibilities. The bass plays with, with hit after hit after hit. All while remaining mostly anonymous, because session players were rarely credited on 60s Motown records. James Jameson became my hero, that Mark McCartney once said. Oh yeah, they went on. I, although I didn't actually know his name until quite recently, when Jameson started his career, the bass was largely seen as a support instrument, and most players stuck to standard two-beat root fifth patterns and post under the boardwalk cliched bass lines. According to Standing in the Shadows of Motown, the life and music of legendary bassist James Jameson. Jameson helped revolutionise the field, jolting his, his part with extra additional chords that added melodical depth and complexity and tonal choices that evoked gospel harmony. His list of contributions to iconic records is impossible. Just somewhat quickly, but his key Motown records include My Girl by The Temptations, which surely has one of the most recognisable, instantly gratifying bass parts in all of pop. And then you got I Hear It Through the Grapevine by Gladys Knight, where he plays a suave, bubbly, bubbly counter to the jittery piano and then also what's going on by Marvin Gaye which finds Jameson that is high for melodic best James went on a step went a step beyond what bassists normally do and then explained Bob Bobby who also played bass on several What's Going On tracks. At first he took chances and let himself go. And then it just became natural for him. And in the process, he changed the course of bass playing forever. Oh, yeah. Now I'll uh, get these two songs on. Then. 
I've got three female bases afterwards. No, I'm gonna give my voice a rest to give your ears a rest, I'll enjoy these two tracks. Great one Matt with Whoops with Go Your Own Way, followed by Marvin Gaye with What's Going On, which I just mentioned.
Three out of red hot chili peppers. There's another, another good one, but those two are uh, two classics. Yeah, and I hope you give us driver then and that feel happy so. Yeah, and then next we've got three female bases, so that's not a Tina Weymouth who is in the talking heads. 
And it's a, I'm gonna go play soccer killer, but the Dragon Ed's 1937 breakthrough single, Psycho Killer. That's an ominous move before from by David Byrne, even sings a word. That's because it opens with Tina Weymouth playing one of the most haunting bass parts in rock history. She's unaccompanied for the first eight seconds, setting the stage for a tale of madness and fear. That marks one of the great bands in history, and it's it's a grove injustice that Bird has always got on the got the lion's share of the credit for their accomplishments. Weymouth was a critical part of the Talking Heads. Well, and the songwriting team, even though she didn't always get credited. Then she brought an effortless call to everything they did. And there'd be no team of Weymouth in Talking Heads. Send the band's drummer on Weymouth's husband of the past four years. Chris France, we would be just be any other band. Blaming claim. And then after that, we're going to play Kim. So that's basically Kim Gordon, and she was in Sonic Youth. And we're going to play Brave Men Run in my family. During their heyday as Indian Art Rock pioneers, nothing about Sonic Youth was standard issue. From their arty videos to their preferred layers of weirdly tuned guitar skulls. And even Kim Gordon's bass part. Gordon has never played the instrument before when she co-founded the band in the early 80s. And by her own admission, their skulls never reached virtuoso level. But her primitive style couldn't have been a better fit for the band. That valued the unconventional above all else. Dancing the broken and reconstructed guitars they played. Kim Gordon said about about her bass playing always really well because it was minimal. There were, were some songs where Thurston Moore wanted a melody for the song, so he'd want me to play root notes. I thought my job was not to become a good bass player. Gordon's signature sound, a guttural groove that sounds like an oncoming subway train is head is head throughout the band's dis, the band's discography. From early dark rumbles like Brave Brave Men Running My Family. To, to tracks from the nineties commercial. I like dirty youth against fascism. On sugarcane, I'd like to, to more languid statements like Jams Run Free. So I'm actually going to play Brave Men Running My Family by Sonic Youth. And then after, the next one is Charlotte Cooper. There's the dynamic basis with the subways. Then she joined brothers Billy Lund and Josh Morgan in the power trio from Wellwind Garden City. I'm going to play Rock and Roll Queen by the Subways. 
No, very good punk track, I really love punk music, so. Like, yeah, bass guitar and punk music is so good anyway. So yeah, here is Psycho Killer by the Talking Heads. Raised Man Running My Family by Sonic Youth. And Rock and Roll Queen by the Subways. Can't relax I can't sleep Cause my bed's on fire 
Great sound of the subways there, really good. Then uh, Sonic Youth before that, did anyone else get the, the Echo and the Bunnymen vibes? Definitely sounds very similar. But yeah, uh, three three great tracks through the areas there, really good. And uh, now we got, we're coming up with that's the end of the bass section. And uh, now we're uh, up to the racket makers, so. The ones that in the pot and pot, pots and pans are up. <laughs> pots and pans are up next. So that is the drum section now. And I've actually got um, six six drummers. I could help myself, but there's some really good ones in it. And um, yeah, so the first one is John Bonzo Bonnet, who is Led Zeppelin's drum drummer. And he's easily topping the list of the best drummers of all time. Oh, one of John Bonzo Bono was the rhythm, rhythmic powerhouse behind hard rock legends Led Zeppelin. 
His thunderous brutes are metal grooves. Then hold that love and echoey carcophonous breaks. Then when the levy breaks, cause a tectonic shift. Then rock and roll instantly made him a near mythical figure. In drumming circles, even before his death. In 1980, age 32. Bonham's heavy-handed fills and high-octane energy is the torch paper for an army of metalheads. You have to play with dynamic dynamics to make sound good. Nirvana drummer Dave Grohl said, What's the beauty of what John Bonham would do? By experimenting with his use of triplets on a bass drum, Bonham's speedy pedal work helped plant seeds that would soon flower into thrash metal. Even wearing crowds with his body rich inspired soloing. On Led Zeppelin's instrumental epic Moby Dick, which is what I'm actually going to play. Then. And then the next one is Joey Jordison, who is the drummer of Slipknot and heavy metal drummers are often hitting 300 BPM then I really love heavy the one thing I love about heavy metal drumming is that the drumming it's insane but to think you can hit a drum over 300 beats per minute is ridiculous so I'm going to play there's not many Slipknot songs I can actually play but I'm going to play Before I Forget by Slipknot there's not many clean ones, so this is the cleanest one I could find. And then I've got Patty Shabble, a female drummer. And then the band Hole, which was uh, the Kate Cobain's wife's band, Courtney Love, the uh, Hole, and they're going to play Celebrities King. And her drumming style. It uh, was primal punk matched with a bit of sophistication. And it never faltered. She only fell out with the band when she and celebrity skin producer Michael Bailey took a strong mutual dislike. Courtney Love knew, knew better using Shemmel as the main drummer on her solo debut, America's Sweetheart. Jimmel lived to the tale, lived to tell the tale, and remains one of the best female drummers in grunge and beyond. So yeah, we'll get these three on for you, and then yeah, we've got a bit of a mix coming up, old, modern and new, so. Yeah, enjoy Led Zeppelin, Slipknot and Hole.
tracks there. I, I love that Led, Led Zeppelin instrumental, it's so, so good. And Slipknot, I know it is uh, probably one of the heaviest things I've ever played. And that's then, but you, you've got to admire how well they play them drums. It's unbelievable, insane how they can do COVID 300 BPM. And then uh, that whole love hole, they're really good, good band. They're a cool band, and uh, I love Courtney Love as well, so. It's sort of a vocal section a bit as well there. Yeah, and now we've got uh, a drummer called Sheila E. And it, it took a while before people realised what a powerhouse Sheila E was. Blame that on uh, initially being marketed as one of the many sex symbols in the Prince camp. When she first told the glamorous life album, she was positioned as a front woman. They snuck a few bars on the timbellers during the instrumental weeks, then Prince had her behind the full kit. On his Sign of the Times tour, and George dropped a nightly basis, especially during the late night jam heavy after shows. Prince would, would perform after the main event. He later did a few Ringo Harrison tours and was very much the lead drummer, giving new life to everybody else's hits. 
on the album was all about glamorous life was actually Sheila E's solo album and uh, some really good stuff and uh, you just, when you hear Prince you just think wow what a singer but not to listen to the instrumentation and the, the music breaks and the songs and it is a very great great uh, musicians and uh, of course he has he's one of the greatest musicians ever you know he's one of the goats greatest of all time performers he's going to have any musicians they're going to be top class aren't they and then after that I've got Matt Helders and Matt Helders for me this guy has to be the drummer of my generation his delivery is like no other and keeps the Arctic Monkeys in time like a metronome I should have actually mentioned his Arctic Monkeys drummer but not I feel I feel his drumming style complements Alex Turner's vocals at times Elder's drumming is somewhat similar to a heavy metal drummer playing at 300 BPM as you can hear in the Arctic Monkey songs I bet you look good on the dance floor Nine Storm they're, they're two really good tracks not they're played an awful lot but I'm going to play Brick by Brick which is off the, the Arctic Monkey's fourth album because fourth album which was Suck It and See it's the first song that Elders features on features on the vocals and it also shows how it also shows how he can play the drums delicately delicately and rapidly throughout the song so it's a full indication of his talents and I absolutely love Arctic Monkeys in jail now so yeah, that's why he made the cut so here is If I Was Your Girlfriend by Prince followed by Brick by Brick by the Arctic Monkeys Look at the bargains over here ladies
me dress you I mean help me pick out your clothes Before we go out Not that you're helpless But sometimes, sometimes Those are the things that being in love's about If I was a woman
Oh yeah, the fantastic sounds of Matt Elders and Julie and the pots and pans. Yeah, definitely, most people see him as the background of the music, but yeah, the drums, like the bass, keep the F1 in check and keep them in time, so. They're as, in, as important as the singer, if not more, so. Yeah, two great ones to finish off the drum section. Now the next two, it, I've got a song for cowbell and one for piano. So, with the cowbell, I've got the Don't Fear the Reaper by Blue Oyster Cult. Blue Oyster Cult, sorry, that's a really good tune. No, I really like this song. It, it really like Creed It's Clearwater Revival vibes. And then the piano, of course, I've got Elton John. Last time we had the piano man, Billy Joel. But I can't play him again, so I've gone with Benny on the Jet by Elton John. Then uh, it, this goes for singing vocals as well. That's uh, a great, a great track that is underrated, I'd say. That's uh, one of my favourites of Elton John. It's one that you don't hear after day on the radio, so yeah, it's a cool track. Then uh, I was I was so happy that he played Eric Glastonbury. Even though I went there and I watched it on TV, it, it was still good to be be watching it. So yeah, here is Blue Oyster Cult with Don't Fear the Reaper. Followed by Elton John with Benny and the Jets. Guess what? I got a fever, and the only prescription is more cowbell.
yeah, a bit of Benny on the Jets there. And before that, Don't Fear the Reaper. Yeah, two really good tracks. And uh, what a way to finish the show right there. Yeah, really good. Now, we have, we have got one song to play, so plays out at the end, as always. But now you've enjoyed your musical journey today. Two vocals, guitars, bass, drums, cowbell, and piano. Yeah, it's been a really good fun show today. I hope you enjoyed it. Like, I've certainly enjoyed it. Definitely got me air guitar a few times. And there's a few single ones as well, which I hope you enjoyed. So yeah, thanks for listening again. And yeah, as it is not the end of the gate the show. No, it's not the end. Wait, we uh, I've got more shows to come. And next week is Chinese New Year. Uh, so I'm going to be doing a Chinese New Year show. So there's 16 animals. I think there's 16, is it 12? I think it's 12, there's 12 animals on the Chinese New Year. This year is back to dragon, but we're going to play two songs by each animal. So we're going to be celebrating the Chinese New Year next week, so you can join me for that. And then the DJ Chapter's show, 13, is back. And if uh, anyone wants to get involved, please let me know, I'll get you on. And uh, hopefully, I'll be bringing the terrific 12 back um, in the future. Another instrument show will be back, and of course, covers not covers. So, yeah, that's what we've got coming up in the next few weeks. So, thanks for joining me again. And uh, all that's left to say is. I've been DJ Choppers, I'm now signing off. And this has been a Monster production of RSS, SoundCloud, Deezer and Apple Podcasts on your smartphone, on your smart speaker. And wherever you choose to listen, anytime, anywhere. So, yeah. And now I've got one song to play us out, which is a saxophone piece. Right, King Curtis, and it's a cover of Crocodile Harems, A Whiter Shade of Pale. And, uh, one of the great saxophone plays ever, this guy. And this is uh, an amazing way to finish off the show. And it's just a, a banger. So, enjoy this track. Take care, and I'll be back with you next week to celebrate Chinese New Year. But in the meantime, there is King Curtis with a whiter shade of pale.
caca! Bounce FM, we can hang all your problems on a peg at the door. Bounce FM, we're into your ears. Bounce FM, 